Hello guys and welcome back to My Story in 30. My name is uh, Leith Shawar and I'm your host uh, for the night. Tonight we have uh, Nikesha Sampson, uh, second year global management uh, major. Nikesha, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm really good, I'm really good. It's really nice to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's nice to be here. Uh, how was your day so far? Uh, it was good. You know, there was a sale at Dynamite and yeah. I picked up a few things, not too many, so it's a great day. Okay, nice. I mean, uh, getting that uh, shopping for Christmas already, huh? Yeah, mm, maybe more shopping for my paycheck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Nikesha, we uh, usually start this podcast by hearing a small story of how people actually got into Ryerson. Uh, could you please elaborate a little bit on how you finally ended up in your global management major? Yeah, so a lot of people don't know about me um, in terms of like this specific story, but I was actually rejected from two schools. And so um, that was actually for computer science, which is like a 360 from um, business and it was um, actually it was like kind of like a wake-up call to myself and then also to my parents and so the reason why I was applying to computer science was because of like parents expectations and then mm -hmm. they just wanted me well all parents just want the best for you but like sometimes it just rubs off the wrong way in terms of like controlling you to go where you want it and so I kind of um, succumbed to that and mm -hmm. I would did it their way and then I got that rejection. Once they saw those rejections, they were like, okay, you can just do your way. And so I applied to Ryerson Business School. And the reason for that was really because I wanted my own fashion business in the future. And so to have my own fashion business, I need to know how to run it myself. I don't want someone else running it for me. And I'm just like, you know, making the designs. I actually want to be like in like a part of all operations of the business. So that's why I ended up here at Ryerson. Cause just cause I thought this would probably be the best place for me to like grow and like learn all those skills. Fair. I, I do like that you have a plan and uh, you have that all figured out. Um, but I mean, at such a young age, how come do you have that done already? Um, see, a lot of people like to say I have everything figured out, but it's really, it's just like I do it as I go. And I'm like more of a, um, I go with the flow kind of person. Mm. So it's just I have like a general plan. And at the end of the day, I know that like the goal is fashion. Mm -hmm. And so every time I like go back to fashion, I know that okay, so I'm getting this part-time job so I could save money for, you know, a car. And then saving money for a car will eventually be something I need for my business. Or, you know, like everything comes back to that end goal. And so just knowing, like, what your end goal is is just so important to, like, do planning. But, like, every plan is not going to be kind of, like, go the way that you want it every time. So that's why I kind of, like, go with the flow, but, like, I have a general plan. Okay. I mean, having a general plan is definitely a good thing. Um, I, what I want to know about is, uh, I mean, when, when you were going into computer science, did, were you going there as a safe bet or was it something that's, uh, that you thought, okay, uh, it has a better future, for example? Uh, and how did you finally wake up and realize, you know what, I'm going to, uh, fashion is a thing for me? Was it the rejections or was it something deep inside of you that excited you to go there? I feel like. Well, in that year of like 2020, everything like kind of was like changing. Like all of a sudden I was like at home, like by myself, separated from like my best friends, um, my classmates, and it was just like weird doing online school. Mm -hmm. And so obviously everything was already changing around me. And I was just looking at my applications. I was like, am I really gonna like, you know, be going to these schools doing computer science? And I think a lot, what, a lot of people um, like to watch YouTube videos of students who are actually in the program, in the school that they like are interested in. So I started watching computer science videos for U of T, computer science videos for Ryerson. I just couldn't see myself there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would see like other, you know, students in different programs at Ryerson just enjoying themselves in like different ways. And I was like, that's kind of what I want to do. So really when I got those rejections, as soon as I got those rejections, that was just kind of like more of like a, 
a way to like reunite the fire inside me and be like, okay, you need to like go somewhere else. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's that, a sign. Like, yeah, that stuff's not for you. This stuff is. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, I, I I did go into your LinkedIn as <laughs> as uh, a podcast host should research his guest. Um, I, I did see you you um, you quoted the saying from Chadwick Boseman that did talk about purpose. Now is that does that really tie to your infinite purpose that has to do with fashion? And care to elaborate about that quote and what it means to you personally? Yeah, so first of all, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. Yeah, but um, basically, as like a young black girl who was like really into like Marvel, seeing like his representation on the screen was like something that was like kind of like life changing for me because almost everyone that was like an Avenger was literally like not some of a, of like a kind of like a racial background, like um, like a minor racialized group and mm -hmm. so it was like amazing to see him kind of like step into that role and then also learn about him like off of the screen how he actually like interacts with people and the fact that he's done like so many speeches and I literally sat down in like 2020 and I'm like literally so sorry to him that literally took me that year and like that like everything that happens that year to like literally like sit down and watch everything he says off screen as well and so I heard his speech about purpose, and I think it was actually for a university. And so just hearing that, I was like, okay, that's actually something that like explains like what I do, because at the end of the day for me, purpose is, my purpose is fashion. And he was just saying that your purpose is what you're here on the earth for. And I know like in my soul, deep inside that I'm here to do fashion. Like there's many things that like are kind of like also I'm there to do, like I know I want to be like an activist or I kind of like want to like you know touch into like the technical side of the world mm -hmm. as well but at the end of the day main purpose fashion so that quote really resonates with me and I guess that's also why I'm like so good at planning is that like I use that quote in like literally every like aspect of my life uh, I see it, it kind of uh, it does create a drive inside of you something that's uh, uh, a great level of determination to actually reach the goal that you're destined to be maybe in this case <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but also, uh, when we were prepping for this, you, you did mention about uh, how you should know your limits. Mm -hmm. And since when, when, when you finally found out about your limits and you knew kind of, you developed the system for yourself, um, would you say that knowing your limits increases your productivity or should you like keep pushing and uh, just keep going on up until you collapse? Or Because these are two different mm -hmm. schools of thought and I just wanted to know which side are you on? Um, definitely on the side of like knowing your limits and not pushing yourself like mm. I mean that, that kind of sounds crazy from a person who's doing five things plus school <laughs> right now I mean, with a good plan I believe it uh, yeah it takes a lot of like um, self-love and like just knowing like certain times I'm not able to do like certain projects and like making sure like my bosses my teammates my co-workers they all know my boundaries they all know like my situation so that's really how I look at it but like the basis of knowing your limits is always like self-love so you have to like really love yourself before you like you know start setting those boundaries for other people they need to know that you respect yourself before they start respecting your boundaries as well so that's mm -hmm. something like so important so yeah the basis of all knowing your limits is self-love and then just like also setting those like kind of like boundaries like oh I'm not going to work after like 9 p.m. like that's my cutoff or like oh I'm not going to work off after 5 p.m. that's my cutoff and also Having those days where you completely do nothing, <laughs> I mean, absolutely nothing. Maybe it's just like sitting on your couch and like eating chips and that, that's it. Sundays in my case. <laughs> yeah, Sundays. <laughs> that, that's what I do too. 
it was more like a religious thing because like my mom would be like screaming in the house like gospel and all kinds of stuff now it's like christmas songs so like i got a little break <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um well I, I feel like it's much really it's easier said than done to put yourself first before your priorities before your let's say work activities um and it, it's something that that takes maybe it's not just months but maybe years to mm -hmm. to, uh, to finally develop um, did you, would you say, uh, did you develop that like um, after your years of experience in university or was it prior to that? Uh, well, I feel like when you come from like high school to university, mm. it's like two different ball games. You're, you're in high school and you're looking at university students and you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be like just like them in a year. I got this. And then you go to university and you're like, oh wait, <laughs> yeah. it's like completely different. It's a shock. Yeah. And then you realize why people are like always like, I want to graduate so fast. And you realize why it's not really as much of a fun time as you really thought it was like in in terms of lectures as well and then yeah it's just kind of like weird when you get here and so basically you have to learn how to make your own schedule you go from high school you're given your schedule you have four classes and you know in first period you do this second period you do this it's like literally eight to three every day that was like my schedule in high school and then in university, they were literally like, okay, make your own schedule. That was weird for me. So <laughs> yeah. probably it, it was that change that caused it to be kind of a really hectic situation for you? Yeah, it was beginning. definitely hectic. How and did you develop like uh, a solution for this? Did, did you use any resources offered in the university, for example? Did you use any help over here uh, to actually finally, you know, make university a much more smoother process for yourself? Yeah, so try mentoring program. Um, basically, they literally ask you if you want some of your gender of your race and if you want them in like the a specific major and they're obviously like in the same program as you but like they're in their final year so like their fourth year or their fifth year mm -hmm. and my person she was literally um she was a black woman who was literally in her final year and she was in the major of global management so that was really helpful to have someone who already was like successful in their university career okay. to then be like okay here's what you need to not do and here's what you need to do mm -hmm. and she kind of like became like a big sister to me more than a, a mentor and so I also got like a similar like relationship here at like Fit for Business <laughs> <laughs> so basically I got like a TED Pack mentor and um, Nicole was like actually so helpful like I literally went to her for some of like, I feel like it was silly questions because she wasn't expecting them. <laughs> I was like just telling her like, I'm worried about exams and she was more like expecting about questions like internships and like how to actually do an exam. And I was just like, I get nervous before an exam. Like at the simplest level, here's my question. How do I handle that? And she handled it so well, literally gave me um, ways to kind of like cope with stress and all that. And then also like schedule building, knowing your boundaries. like. All like my both of my mentors are literally like the basis of like why I do so much, but I'm able to kind of handle it just because they taught me you don't have to say yes to everything. Really, <laughs> you can say yes to everything, and it's an opportunity. But sometimes you have to close the doors yourself for your own like kind of purpose, your own health. So mm -hmm. that's what I learned from them. Fair point. I think uh, during university years, students do develop uh, kind of a. Uh, I want to say a, a way or they, they discover a path in their brain where they can finally understand complex situations or approach it from a different uh, pathway, let's just say. And uh, after they approach it from that different pathway, they, are, they realize it's not that big of a problem anymore. And I do think that's where the role of a mentor really comes in because a mentor is somebody that was in your place at some point. He, they did commit that mistake that you're committing right now 
if you talk to them, you'll just have a lesser chance of committing that same mistake. Um, so basically, the trial mentoring program, he said, it's, uh, you, you can choose um, your uh, mentor based on uh, age, uh, gender, um, ra racial, uh, racial background. Racial yeah. background. And uh, is it actually you have the freedom of choosing all of that? You're, yeah. you're not like randomly assigned? Uh, no, you're not ra randomly assigned. And I think it's because they know that in um, like certain parts of business, people who are like of the same kind of like, I would say a background story as you in a sense, or like characteristics, they're gonna experience something that's different from someone who's, who's not. Mm. And yeah, it's very important that those people are then your mentors because there are certain situations that they know how to handle and that they've gone mm. through that you kind of need to learn from. So I was just like thankful that that was an option because she taught me like many things that like I probably couldn't get from like anyone else, so. Okay, 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 makes sense. Um, so tell me a little bit about your um, interest in fashion. I believe uh, you probably do have a lot to say. Um, uh, clearly, I, I'm guessing uh, you, uh, after being rejected from computer science, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to you in, in, in this field. Yeah. Where did this uh, passion for uh, fashion actually develop? So basically, it developed in a book fair at my elementary school in third grade. And so basically, I was like a bookworm. I was like into like Thea Stilton, Geronimo Stilton. I was just going back, you know, again, for like, you know, the next um, kind of set of novels that they just came out with. And unexpectedly, um, in the corner of the room, nobody was like really going near this certain book. And I was like, well, I'm going to go there. <laughs> so <laughs> I opened the book. And it was like a fashion book. And I was actually interested in what it was saying. And so it's I not just pictures. And well, it's like pictures um, that you could actually draw on yourself. But like in the first like 25 pages or so, they actually like teach you like um, techniques and colors and that kind of stuff. Okay. And so I was actually like interested in it. And so I went home and I told my mom <laughs> I need like $20. And I, and I came back the next day, like ran in as soon as they opened the door and I got the book. And so that's really where everything started. Like, like from the moment I picked up that book, it's like till now, it's all thanks to that like book, which is so weird because I'm like, I'm not a bookworm now. <laughs> so yeah, but um, basically um, everyone knew I was like into fashion from the moment I, I, I picked that up. And I, I've carried that through every single school that I've gone to, even in my, I think my last elementary school, because I went to like two, everyone knew me as the girl running around the place with tutus and bows <laughs> and so in cat ears so there was like just so many like um aspects of myself that were related to fashion already and then got to high school that diverted but at the end of the day it was always fashion i was mm -hmm. always going to get like one degree for my parents for computer science and then one degree for fashion and it was always like i'm going to get a degree of fashion one day and so even today um i got an internship recently with a stylist which i never expected to land it was literally wow, like congratulations <laughs> thank you it's like it just ended actually but i never expected to get it in the summer i just interviewed because i was like how could i pass up this opportunity and then she actually hired me and i was like okay this is crazy and yeah. so i started emailing designers which is mind-boggling to me still <laughs> and i've actually requested for like their fashion pieces to be used in like photo shoots and my name's actually on like music videos and stuff credited as like a fashion stylist which i never thought i would be doing in like a hundred years honestly because i thought it would just be like i'd be off at, to new york or something <laughs> yeah so it's you never know maybe paris maybe yeah tokyo mm, i don't speak the french so <laughs> <laughs> um 
tell me a little bit. So you, you're a TEDPAC mentor, yeah. and under the BBSA, which role do you occupy? So in um, the Black Business Student Association, I'm basically their events marketing coordinator. Yeah. Okay. So and uh, we actually did host Mo uh, maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, he was uh, telling us about, I mean, you guys are in, in that organization, uh, you guys are still trying to develop this work culture of how, how you guys operate. Um, so uh, as an events coordinator, you said, correct? Mm -hmm. well, how do you play a role in that? Uh, so basically, I do the marketing in terms of like events specifically. And even like um, presentations, um, posters, flyers, yeah. um, reels, all for like events. That that's kind of me. And I'm actually working on right now, which is like real, um, really weird because I'm on a podcast right now. I'm kind of working on <coughs> kind of like my own like IG reel um, thing, where we kind of like interview um, black students on campus, also like black teachers and like faculty, to see what's their opinion that like they might not have the voice to say mm. or anywhere else. So it's really about getting like the hidden voices um, amplified on a platform like Instagram, which is like right now it's like probably the best place to put it for people who. Are are not following you to actually see it so okay yeah. I'm really glad that this uh, student association is actually growing uh, well I, I believe when it, when it has a really valuable uh, let's say purpose in the back it's it's probably something that will skyrocket I wish you guys the best of luck with that um, you also are a student ambassador for the BCH yeah <laughs> and uh, for that well, is that like more on the business development side maybe uh, you go uh, I was well, kind of similar to um, what I'm doing at like B BBSA, so mm -hmm. I'm basically doing more promotion. I'm doing like class presentations. I'm on Instagram, on stories, being like, hi guys, I'm back again with like news. <laughs> and uh, didn't you do something for FFB? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I do tell me about FFB. that. Yeah, so FFB is like my main family. Like every time I always come back here. <laughs> so I can't really like abandon my like main family at all. Cause all right, we yeah. appreciate loyalty at FFB. I, yep. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so uh, w you did an Instagram takeover, I believe, correct? Yeah. Okay. And um, how, how did you finally organize that? And uh, well, what did you do? Remind me. Uh, so for the Fit for Business the takeover, mm. um, basically it was like answering questions that students have. I think it was the period right before we were hiring our like um, new TED Pack leaders for this year. So mm -hmm. they had a lot of questions about like, what did TED Pack leaders do last year? Like what's the requirements and that kind of stuff, which was like, it was really cool to me because I, I don't think prior to that I've ever done a takeover, but that's what um, led me to do more takeovers um, in the future. So I've actually, um, I think it was like a month ago, I did a takeover for Y Ryerson too. So yeah, thanks to the FFB team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like getting all over the place. So it's really cool. All right, all right, that's nice. And um, finally, your last role as an, as an engagement provider, you are a tour guide for the Ryerson recruitment team. What is that and uh, what do they do? Yeah, so basically um, we are like student ambassadors. So we're all students on kind of like the career boost. And mm -hmm. so um, it's really cool that all of our team is, it's not just from like a specific part of Ryerson, we're from like different programs in different years. And um, we kind of just work together to uh, make sure that like prospective students are getting all the information they need. So we have them book one-on-one um, -on -one meetings with us. Um, we also help out with like virtual open houses, um, Y Ryerson, as I said before. And then we do a lot of tours. I, I more so do a lot of tours, so I'm running around Ryerson like 24/7, mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it's a really good like opportunity. I would say like career boost opportunities in in general. I've never had 
a person tell me that they never had like a good you know position in career boost i'm really glad that we have these opportunities at the school so yes yes it's, it's definitely a really good thing i gotta say Nikesha, I'm, I'm really impressed you're telling me you were involved in all of those uh um school work and also extracurriculars as well i want to know um how, how did you develop the sense of determination? Um, because, I mean, first-year students, as you said, when they, when they come here, it's a huge shock converting from high school to university. Um, uh, what would you say, like a piece of advice that you would give them to actually um, build this resilience inside of them and like keep going up until university is going to become you know, more of a welcoming place for them it's, uh, so that they can change their perspective on it? Yeah, well, I will say that the catalyst for, like, the way I'm so driven was is fit for business and that's why I'm like so loyal to them because like mm -hmm. first year I wasn't like extroverted at all everyone thinks I was like extroverted and I was like all like hi guys you know really loud <laughs> I was very much quiet and so I would be the person like typing in the chat maybe one or two words like lol oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say much but I would I would be like observant and then um, fit for business shop specifically she literally was like I need you guys to turn on your mics I need you guys to you know turn on your cameras I need mm -hmm. you to start engaging and then I was like here we go <laughs> was it awkward in the beginning yeah it was definitely awkward because I'm I'm not the person to open up to people I'm more of the person where I sit back and, I, and then I watch everyone and I'm like hi can I join mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so I had to become like the person where I was like hi everyone you know and just like networking with everyone and so um, were people uh, welcoming when you went there yeah, that's the thing about Ryerson. Everyone is like really nice. And from a kid coming from Scarborough, that's like a culture shock. <laughs> because usually kids are not really nice when you're in Scarborough. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I do believe you. Uh, as you said, f first year students, maybe I would say, I don't want to say the majority, but there could be a good percentage of students that come in. Everybody feels vulnerable, especially international students. I'm an international student. I, I do actually speak from experience. Like when I came all the way from the Middle East and I, and I came here, you have nobody and um, you're really reserved you you're shy you don't really want to talk to anybody because you feel like you're in your safe bubble your safe comfort zone and if you get out of it you're gonna get run over or something but um, as you uh, as I actually started getting into TRSM and actually when I started doing this co-op role right now and I started being more involved and more involved with the university and the uh, let's say campus activities you did see that actually everybody is coming to network. Um, everybody has that main goal in mind to actually come and make new friends. So when you're in a place where everybody is within that, when everybody shares that mindset, it becomes a much more easier task to meet people and maybe develop a friend or two um, as compared to, for example, um, I don't know, um, another situation where it's just an information seminar or uh, whatever it is. and. Um, so when, when, when you came from Scarborough, did you already like have friends who came with you all the way from there or were, were you alone at Ryerson? No, um, I wasn't necessarily alone at Ryerson, mm. but in terms of like um, Ted Rogers School of Management, I was. It's because, it's well, it was kind of like my fault too, because I didn't tell anyone that like I got like accepted in like Ted Rogers School of Management. I, w I literally kept it to like my closest friends and then my family. And that's it. Well, and <laughs> stay silent in front of the haters. Or no. <laughs> what's, what's the philosophy behind that? Because I don't know. I'm like the kind of person where it's like really awkward because I got my acceptance later than everyone else. So like everyone was already like, you know, I'm going here and I was there. And then like months later, I was like, hi, guys. Like it would be so weird to be like, hi, guys, I got accepted. And then they're already like on summer vacation, you know. So I was just like, mm. 
no need to bother everyone, you know, and put like an announcement out, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's the reason why. But I did have like a few people who did come from like, you know, Scarborough and from my school, but I more so found my community at like Fit for Business. Um, And also, I remember being in a group chat for um, QMS 110 and there was just like so much chatter going around. Oh my God, why is she like talking about calculus? Why is this so crazy? What did I sign up for? And I related to those people. And so I was engaging in that chat and the people who were at the most engaged in that chat, they made another group chat and somehow I got like transferred over to that group chat. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I know. You, you made it to the other list. <laughs> I know, I, I felt like a VIP, yeah. but then I was confused on like why I was in a new group chat. <laughs> so um, yeah, but to this day, they're still like my closest university friends and mm-hmm. I'm like so thankful. So there's literally at Ryerson, there's no way you can't make friends. Mm-hmm. And if you, you're not, it's cause you're not opening yourself up, literally. You, you need to like take the first steps to like try and like, you know, network with people and kind of like make friendships before they do that to you. And I had to learn that through engaging in a group chat on Instagram, weirdest places. But like for me, that was my comfortable place in a, in a pandemic because I can engage in a chat. I do really great at that. But <laughs> in a classroom, I can't. Yeah, so, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So thankfully, I opened up on online and so that was the way that people were like okay she's cool okay we're gonna you know get her to the new group chat um i'm gonna ask you a bit more personal question cool were you ever did you ever let your guard down where you wanted to go ahead and meet new people and meet others and you were for example let down or rejected by them um and how did you deal with that i don't feel like i've ever been in a situation like that but i have been in situations where people are like you know how when people are like kind of like pleasant to you, but it's more like formalities and not so much, I want to make a friendship with you. <laughs> so I've been in a few situations with that. And then I'm actually thankful that like, I went through, through situations like that in high school. So when I got to university, I could identify it really easily. Mm. Yeah, so I could be like, okay, this person is just being like friendly because it's pleasantries. And then this person's actually being, you know, friendly because genuine. they want to be, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, I've ever had like that issue where of being turned down to be a friend because mm-hmm. I feel like first year people they don't want to <laughs> cause problems. I've like realized in university a lot of people don't want to cause problems with like other people mm-hmm. because we kind of done that in high school and elementary. Everyone's just like I'm here to get my degree and go home. Yeah. So never really have those problems, but like it's it's the formalities now. It's it's a kind of like a different ball game. It's more people are being formal and now you have to identify who's being just formal and who's being like genuine yeah you know? and i believe this is kind of a i would say a communication skill that you develop across time uh but the only way you're going to develop this is if you is if you actually go out of the comfort zone mm-hmm. and go speak to as many people as you can um if, if i would give like any piece of advice for students at this age is to actually go into a let's say a party or a gathering or a or a social situation and have a goal you know, that you want to be, for example, the person with the highest social value in that room. Or you, have, you, you want to put in mind, at least today, I want to talk to at least 10 people. And even though if it works out or if it didn't, you're going to go back home and say, you know what? Today, I stuck to my word. Mm-hmm. I tried to go to get that. And day by day, week by week, weekend by weekend, I mean, in the case of parties, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're just going to develop a much better skill. You're going to become, a much, I would say, a, a greater social butterfly. Um, I think we have two more minutes left. 
Um, I was going to ask you to, to give a piece of advice for students, but you actually gave a lot. So <laughs> I, I guess that's enough for I now. I unintentionally did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for coming for uh, today. It was a really nice conversation. I hope students can actually benefit from what you ever had to experience and the words of wisdom that you said. Um, uh, guys, we'll see you uh, on the next one. And uh, we'll make sure to follow Nikki on Instagram, LinkedIn. Do you have Facebook? No. no Facebook, Facebook who? <laughs> <laughs> Instagram and LinkedIn it is. See you on the next one.